We'll open in prayer this morning and then we can stand and sing together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today we come before You bowing low in recognition of Your awesome glory. We ask You, God, to restore those families who are hurting today. Protect those who may be in danger of sorts. Provide for those who are in need. God, we praise You this morning for being all-powerful, all-knowing, present everywhere, sovereign, good, jealous for Your people, and a God who is perfect love. We praise You for being the eternal Creator, the uncaused cause, and our covenant-keeping God. Lord, we are so thankful for You. You've made Yourself known to us by preserving Your Word for all this time and making it available to us today. You've reconciled those who believe in Jesus. Your plan from before the earth was created was to reconcile the lost to You through the blood of Your beloved Son. We are thankful that You are still carrying out that plan today. And we ask You, Lord, save our co-workers, our neighbors, our friends, and our family. To You we give all honor and glory and praise. And it's in the name of Jesus that we come boldly before You, God. Amen. Okay, turn with me to Psalm 100. I have a little uh, personal history with this psalm. It is a psalm for thanksgiving. There was a uh, child in our family that passed away when our oldest was well, way younger than she is now. I forget exactly how old she was. It was around the 4th of July that year, and um, she was a precious girl, same age as Carlene. And Carlene had been memorizing this psalm in her... Uh, in, at school, and so she was bringing that home, and we were memorizing the psalm together. And uh, I walked into the house and heard the voicemail and uh, thought of this psalm and God's goodness and who He is, and that was sustaining for me. And I read that to our family. So, it is an uplifting psalm. And it is also one that when, when people pass away that are near and dear, it's one that I think of. So I'm thankful to God for showing me that psalm uh, all those years ago. And I want to read it today because whatever goes on in our lives, we can be thankful to God for who He is. And we see so much of that here in Psalm 100. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord Himself is God. It is He who has made us, not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. 
Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. And his faithfulness to all generations. God, thank you so much that you're faithful, that your loving kindness, it just runs forever, and that you are good. We see your goodness in so many places, God. And to think that one day, those of us who have trusted Christ will be with you and see your goodness face to face and see so much more of who you are. The depths of Scripture we can plumb for a lifetime. We can dig in for the rest of our lives here on earth and not come close to knowing everything about our God. And it is that amazing truth that we praise You for today and we thank You for. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to drag a chair up here because I don't stand for long times real well. One of the reasons I'm looking so forward to going to heaven, I'll be able to uh, run again. Maybe Nicholas and I can go running together. That would be fun. At about 5.20 this morning, I woke up and uh, my bedroom window faces uh, pretty much due west. And it's a full moon out, and it's right in the middle of the window, shining in the room. So I'm waking up, and, and it's, it's bright. I'm squinting a little bit. And uh, how beautiful it is. How beautiful it was. It wasn't long by the time I got up and did a couple of things and went back to bed. The clouds had come up and already covered it up, but you could see it shining above the clouds. Still gorgeous. Our God is an awesome God. And praise Him so much. And thank, be thankful for all things. And this time, I've been, well, let me back up a little bit. I just finished reading uh, an expositor's commentary book, which is actually 12 volumes long, but I just read one of the volumes, uh, which covered James through uh, Revelations. And one of the things that I learned in Rev reading Revelations this year was the fact that all through those judgments, and of course, all through from from the time of the fall to this very day and through the judgments that are coming that God never closes his doors to the unsaved. The door is open. All they have to do is repent and they will be coming into his kingdom. All the way up to the white throne judgment which is at the end of a millennium. That's the final judgment. And that will be the end of his invitation. Talk about a patient creator and God 
And we're talking thousands of years here. I want to read to you just a little bit in uh, Revelations uh, chapter 21. This is John talking. So this is, this is after the white throne judgment, after the millennial reign, where all those born-again believers all from all nations reign with Jesus during this time. So John is talking here and he says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. That's going to be a sad thing for born-again surfers. Poor guys. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. I'm going to assume that a lot of us here and probably a lot of people that I talk to are pretty fed up with wearing masks. Particularly people in the cities where it's congested are probably pretty fed up with staying at home. And yet what John is saying here is what God's children have to look forward to. For us to be concerned is one thing, but for us to be consumed, as I was talking with Bob Jones this morning, to be consumed with it is another thing. We don't need to be that way. We have a promised future where there will be no more evil. I call them all those things that we can think of that we don't like. I call them no mores. There'll be no more no mores. They're going to be gone. Everything's going to be new, fresh. I wish I could tell you exactly what it's going to be like. But what I can tell you, it's going to be awesome without sin. I'm so looking forward to that day. God is good. I just praise him daily and hopefully stay in his will as we all should be doing. Thank you very much. Um, Philip asked if I would do a little devotional and... uh, my first inclination when he, he texted me, so I wasn't on the spot, was to, to decline. But, you know, that's kind of human nature sometimes. But I thought about it, and, and you know, the Lord had um, 
uh, for those of you who know my working condition, working all the time and so many hours, he gave me six days off in a row. So I, you know, with the Spirit speaking to me, you know, if I can't give, come up here and put the time into giving, you know, 10 or 15 minutes, um, then, you know, shame on me. <laughs> so I agreed to, uh, to do this. Um, so, uh, being this was a devotion, um, I, I typically type out a sermon anyways if I'm going to do a sermon, and this is just a devotional, so every day I like to, to read perpetually through the Bible, but I also like to, to read like our daily bread, just a topical study, so that's kind of how I formatted this with what the, the Spirit gave me. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read from this. If we were to give this devotion a title, it would be Giving Thanks Without Ceasing. So does that kind of sound familiar? Praying Without Ceasing. Uh, it is easy to come upon this time of year and reflect on what we are thankful for. God gave us plenty to give thanks for. It is the continuance of that thankfulness throughout the rest of the year that is important to remember. Thanks or gratitude has an integral part in many of the things that we do in our daily walk. It is easy to forget the significance of thanksgiving in respect to these things. Let's look at two areas where scripture reflects the importance of including thankfulness. There are, of course, other areas where thankfulness is important, but in a, in a bid to condense this into a devotional and for you to go to scripture and fill in the blanks, we will look at prayer and especially worship. Uh, first, looking at prayer, Colossians 4.2. So we didn't get away from Colossians today. I thought that would make you happy. <laughs> so Colossians 4.2 says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. So we can see that uh, part that thanksgiving plays in prayer. Also, uh, Philippians 4, 6, I think we all know this one. And uh, that one actually did a sermon on that one one time. Some of you might remember that. So be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Uh, so as I was doing this, um, the Spirit, I know it was the Spirit, but this popped into my head according to this verse. So to Philippians 4, 6, and being anxious. It, it is hard to be anxious when you're thankful to God for the situation that is causing your anxiousness. So I'll say that again. It is hard to be anxious when you're thankful to God for the situation that is causing your anxiousness. Maybe that was just the Spirit speaking to me only, but... I thought that was pretty profound. <laughs> uh, 
so it's pretty straightforward to include thanksgiving in prayer, but sometimes we neglect the importance of that thanksgiving. Now, I'm not pointing fingers here, and if I do, I got three pointing back at me, because, you know, I, I, uh, I do this myself. But we often like to, uh, in prayer, uh, we like to uh, often like to lead in with our problems and our suggested solutions. I know I, I can I can certainly do that myself. Uh, it is far too easy to just be thankful for the food we are about to eat or what God has provided this day, and there's nothing wrong with that, certainly. But it does take a concerted effort to truly reflect on what we should be thankful for in our daily walk. We have to interact with the Spirit on this and ask Him how He wants us to do it, to teach us. In looking at, at worship, uh, broke that into uh, to two parts, and that would be uh, singing and, and praise. And uh, these verses mention how thankfulness ties into that as well. Uh, in singing, Psalm 147.7, Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp to our God. I'm not sure how you sing praises on the harp, but maybe we'll see what that's like in heaven. So, uh, Again, not pointing fingers at anyone or trying to condemn anyone. And this was for me personally, if anything. So when is the last time you thought about specifically being thankful as you sing? For me, you know, that kind of kind of clicked there. I, I can't remember the last time I, I specifically thought about thankfulness as I sang. You know, so it's... it's uh, keeping that thankful mindset. Uh, there are a number of verses, mostly in Psalms, that mention giving thanks and singing in the same verse. So we see a, a trend there in these scriptures um, with singing and thanks, thankfulness. Um, so... Uh, eSword is a, if you don't have that, is an excellent tool for studying the, the Bible. And I know Paul really appreciates that program. You can go in and do a word search. You can put thanks in. And it gives you a, an overview of the whole Bible and where that word occurs in Scripture from beginning to end. Genesis to Revelation. So... And then you can, can drill down in and see what perhaps a, a certain person said, maybe in, in a psalm or um, in Paul's epistles or something like that. So it was an excellent tool in doing this. And, and that's where I was able to see uh, how many times that uh, thanks and singing were referred to in the same verse, speaking to the importance of that. And then we move on to praise, um, which I think is is a kind of kind of a two part thing. Um, 
internal and external, and we'll see that here. Psalm 35:18. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you among many people. So that's that outward praise. Psalm 105.1, O give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. And then uh, I also had uh, Psalm 100 here, and uh, I'll go through that. We read that earlier, and I, I'll read through that again, because that actually begins uh, as saying a psalm of thanksgiving. So Psalm 100, a psalm of thanksgiving, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. So it is important for our thanksgiving to not just be personal, but to also permeate that out into the body as we gather. Since we didn't cover all of the areas of thanksgiving, I would like to lump all of this together and squish it down into a ball of clay, so to speak, and bring it all together. And there's a very good uh, verse in Scripture, and I'll, I'll read the two before it as well, that uh, sums this up. And that's 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 16 through 18. And that says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything. And that's, uh, that can be taken as an absolute, I think. So, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So, we are uh, directed here to, in everything, give thanks because that is the will of God in Christ Jesus for us. This is certainly the most difficult area of thankfulness. It requires us to be thankful in even the most adverse situations. It is easy to be thankful about the good things. Let's imagine someone who has been imprisoned in a foreign country for proclaiming Christ. What does he have to be thankful for? He's in jail not for something he did wrong, but for something he did right. And there's actually some scriptures that would speak to that in uh, James and Peter. But just for purposes of this, um, we can say that uh, he can be thankful that God, he can be thankful that God is with him. Joshua 1.9 and Psalm 23 I think we know those. Those speak to the fact that God is always with us, and we can be sure of that. Uh, perhaps he has a bed to sleep on, and he's not on the floor with rats nibbling on his toes. So there's something spiritual and something physical, both 
that, that that person could be thankful for in an adverse situation. Now, wait a minute. Someone imprisoned in a foreign country for proclaiming Christ? I just described the Apostle Paul. What a fine example of someone who's thankful in adversity. Most of his epistles reference thanks to God. And uh, he spent a lot of his time in prison. And that's, uh, that's certainly an adverse situation to be in. It would be very difficult to be thankful in a situation like that. But through Christ, he uh, pulled that off pretty well, I think. So how can we be thankful in all things? Obviously, we have Scripture to refer to. But sometimes, and this is one of those things for me, um, you know, that, that works for me. Sometimes we need to take a step back and look at things in a simplistic manner. I know Paul appreciates that too. You know, he likes, uh, I'm speaking of Brother Paul, not Apostle Paul. <laughs> um, he likes to look at things in a, in a simplistic manner, and I know he appreciates that as well. Um, so in that, saying, be thankful in the small things. Uh, the Lord has laid this on my heart in recent years to say when I wake up in the morning to thank him that I have a bed to sleep on clean water to drink, that I actually awoke that day and I'm still alive and breathing to serve him. And this creates a mindset of thankfulness on the most basic level and begins to filter up through into prayer, praise, singing, offering. So I like to, uh, I like to think of spiritual growth as a garden. Anne will appreciate this. <laughs> If we're in a garden, um, and this is God's garden, keep in mind. So over here is love, over there is joy, and here's thankfulness. And uh, the Spirit is the master gardener, and he works with us to show us how to keep these things vibrant and healthy. He shows us where to water, where to weed, to fertilize all we have to do is ask. This garden never stops growing in the fall. It's always growing, and he always is willing to meet us there, and it is a wonderful place to be. Thank you for the opportunity to share that with you this morning. And I'd also like to, on the note of thankfulness, like to thank everybody for... Um, Prayers for Wendy for her hand healing, and it's healing very nicely. And, um, you know, we can certainly feel those prayers working. Thank you for that. So I, I wanted to share this because um, it's just one of those everyday things that you need to be thankful for. And uh, the lessons you learn. <laughs> uh, neat lessons, hard lessons sometimes. Um, last summer, sometime early last summer, our really neat neighbors told us they're going to sell their house and move. So we were pretty sad about that because they'd been there for a long time, raised their three boys there. <clears throat> they
then their boys, one at a time with their wives, came back and started raising their families there. And so it was quite a generational thing, and it was really neat. We loved our neighbors, their believers, and we communicated well, and they were kind, and, and we really liked them. So when they said they were going to be moving, we were pretty sad. They didn't move that far away. We could still see them, but the problem was <laughs> the fear I had of who was going to be moving in there. <laughs> and um, we don't see our neighbors, really. They're several acres away, but they are right there over the, over the mound, and they share coming in and out on our driveway. So, you know, it was kind of, I was having pinches of selfish thoughts and a little bit of fear here and there. And um, our neighbors that are moving shared with us a couple of families that had looked at the place and shared a few things. And still, every once in a while, when it, when it crossed my mind about someone moving in there, I... I would have um, uh, some fear factor <laughs> there and some doubt and, uh, I don't know, uneasiness. Um, generally, it leaned toward that first before positivity, unfortunately, sadly. But after our new neighbors moved in, uh, Paul had gone over there. I think there was snow, wasn't there? You had gone over there with the tractor to plow a little bit or something like that. He met them first and came back and said they're very nice and uh, met them a couple times. And then um, I, I got around to um, going over and, and meeting them. And um, our new neighbors are awesome. <laughs> they're just, they're young, younger. They're probably about the age of our kids, maybe a little younger than our own kids. And they're with with their family over there, and um, after meeting them a few times, um, the scripture kept going through my through my head, and it was a scripture from two years ago, Royal Kids Camp um, scripture of the summer, and that scripture was, and I can't believe I remembered it. It was, it's in Jeremiah, and I'm not even Old Testament, you know, thing, but it was, um, I'm sure the Lord reminded me of, of which one it was, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And it just was... In retrospect, looking back on how I felt, my fears, my doubts, my, and then having this go across my mind several times, and then having him bring the neighbors that he did bring. I mean, she's over there more than the other neighbor was over there at our place, and we visit more than the other neighbors in us ever did. And she gives, she brings us eggs, and she, my back was out, and she brought over chicken tortillas, so many we had to freeze some, and um, always texting, always texting, let us know if you need anything, let us know if you need anything. So we've been over there, they've been over here, you know, we've, we've been closer neighbors <laughs> than we ever thought, and um, the Lord's plans to prosper not to harm, plans to give you hope and a future. May me 
think back of think back and think forward to any sort of situation where I may be in that doubtful position again to rest in what he's already shown me and demonstrated. It was very, very good this morning. Um, I appreciate all those that uh, did share, but if you aren't going to, I'm going to. Okay. Psalms 109, verse 30. With my mouth I will give thanks abundantly to the Lord, and in the midst of many I will praise him. With my mouth I will give thanks abundantly to the Lord, and in the midst of many I will praise him. That's what we've been doing this morning. I have much to be thankful for. When I, when I look around this, this room, you guys have given me, my family, my kids over the years many things to be thankful for. And I do it constantly. I think of meals. I think of hay. I think of uh, shopping trips. I think of wood every time I go outside and put wood in the in the stove, which has been keeping us warm this summer. So many things you have given me cause to thank the Lord for, and I and it's just constant, and it's over and over again. And I do abundantly give thanks to the Lord for this fellowship, produce telephone calls notes you know when you when you encourage sandy and the kids so much like brownies <laughs> so much you know i look at you and i think of all the ways that you have blessed our our lives and i am most uh, thankful continuously for that but I want, to, um, I want to share with you two things that thankfulness does for me. It's, it's really become an important thing in my life. First of all, it keeps me focused. It keeps me focused on the one who has provided all these things, who has provided the relationship, who has blessed us, with a relationship with all of you. It keeps me focused on him. And then the other thing Bob mentioned, which is really important, you know, when we are anxious and whatever the emotion, depressed, worried, fearful, which I am quite often, when I become thankful, when I think about the way God has blessed me, there's no room in my heart for those negative thoughts. It replaces all that bad stuff when I am thankful. We are to give our thanks abundantly. That is fervently. That's what that word means, fervent. And it gives us cause to, to praise him. And that's 
what we're here to do this morning. Anybody else wanting to share this morning? Throw your hand up real quick if you are. Did you want to? Yes? All right. Okay, I've been, um, I wasn't going to get up, but he pressured me. <laughs> um, I, I have this verse that's been, it's always going through my mind. It's the first thing I tell people when they are struggling, um, and it's Colossians again. Three, two, it says, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, and you also will appear with him in glory. And it's that first part, set your mind on things above. God really taught me that um, several years ago, before Joseph was born. Um, we have nine children here on earth, but we have five in heaven. Four of them um, we miscarried um, between Abigail and Joseph. And I remember when we found out that we lost our second boy, I was just devastated. And I was crying, and I remember looking out the windshield of the car because I had to drive home. And so I was crying, and, and I saw the mountains. We were in Utah at the time, so I saw the Rocky Mountains, and they had snow on them, and it was just a beautiful scene. And it was still kind of morning. And I thought in my head, the first thing I thought was, man, that's a beautiful sight. Those mountains are beautiful. And then the ne very next thought is, and God is still good today like he was yesterday. And that's my reminder to keep looking up because God is still good. No matter what's going on, no matter how we feel trapped by this COVID thing, um, God is still good and he's still got it. And he's just as beautiful today as he was yesterday or last year or the year before. All right, amen. Anybody else want to share this morning? Why don't you turn with me to 1 Corinthians. I'm going to look at a couple other passages before we get there. We'll go to 1 Corinthians. We're talking about thankfulness this morning. It is awesome to hear what God is doing in, in each of your lives. There are so many things that I am thankful for. As I see each of your faces this morning, and I'm not going to share details, just know that each one of you have touched our lives in a special way just in the short while we've been here. And, um, and I am thankful for each of you and, and others that aren't here this morning. And it's just amazing what God has done, how he's orchestrated all of that. You're familiar with Acts chapter 7 where Stephen gives his testimony and talks to some folks there and they don't like what he had to say. And so they set about, uh, it says in verse 54, now when they heard this, and basically Jesus or Stephen is saying that Jesus, this guy who you killed, has... Uh, you, you killed him, and he is the one that came. He is the righteous one. When they heard this, they were cut to the quick, and they began gnashing their teeth at him. They were angry, and their sin and self-righteousness and anger had welled up to the point where they were ready to be done with him altogether. That's what they did. They cried with a loud voice, covered their ears, and rushed at him with one impulse, 
and um, took his life. They stoned him. As they were stoning him, continuing to stone him, it went on for a little bit. He called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Now you've read this before likely, but think about this one thing that we can be thankful for. This man who was being unjustly killed, his life taken, he fell on his knees and he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. One of the things that we can be thankful for is forgiveness. By trusting in Jesus and him alone, we are forgiven. But as you see with Stephen, he was able to forgive and asked God, please don't hold this sin to their account. Forgive them. Because you see, life is more important. In Stephen's case, life was more important to him for others than his own. And so forgiveness is something that we can be thankful for. Romans 5 tells us that we have peace with God when we trust in Christ. The peace of God that passes all understanding. The peace of God being rightly related to Him and not enemies of His. We can be thankful for this every single day. How about Romans 6, verse 17 and 18, where we're told that we're not slaves to sin any longer. We're not slaves to sin any longer when we trust Christ. We're slaves to righteousness. We belong to a new master. We can certainly be thankful for that every day. Romans 8.1, you're probably familiar with that verse. Romans 8.1 tells us there's no more condemnation to those who trust Christ. There's no more condemnation. And that's certainly something we can be thankful for. Where do those things come from? They come from God Himself. There's a result of faith in Christ and they come from God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is where we're at. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 7 through 14. Paul's giving a warning. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and stood up to play, nor let us act immorally as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in one day. Nor let us try the Lord as some of them did and were destroyed by the serpents nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example. And they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will with the temptation provide the way of escape also, so that you would be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Those verses tell us, and we can be thankful for this, we don't have to serve our flesh. Now, we're no longer slaves to sin, we're slaves to righteousness, but we don't have to entertain the flesh. When temptation comes, God's faithful. He's given us a way to endure the temptation without sin. We don't have to serve our flesh. We can heed His warning. We see the consequences that God gives for these things that, he, that Paul was reminding the Corinthians of. The consequences are not good when we stand against God. 
We don't have to serve our flesh. We can heed the warning and avoid the consequences and glorify Him in that process. 1 Corinthians 11.26 For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. We have the privilege of proclaiming Jesus' death from now until He comes. Or until He takes us home, whichever the case is. So, we have the privilege of sharing what God has done through Christ over and over and over again. Of course, in our daily lives, as we interact with people, maybe they ask questions, maybe they don't, but we tell them what, what God's done, what, what happened to us as a result of faith in Jesus. But as a body and all across the world, believers get together and they have the Lord's Supper and they proclaim His death until He comes. And that's a privilege. It's a privilege the church gets to enjoy. 1 Corinthians 13, we're familiar with this chapter. 1 John 4.16 tells us God is love. And 4.19 says we love because He first loved us. It starts with God. We get to see all of these things. We get to see love starting with God. And then we get to see it born out in the lives of those who share that love with other people through all kinds of different means. Quickly we'll read through, but consider what this is that God has imparted to us, that God has given us the privilege of sharing with others and living out as a result of being His children. Love is patient. It's kind. It's not jealous. It doesn't brag. It's not arrogant. It doesn't act unbecomingly. It doesn't seek its own. It's not provoked. It doesn't take into account wrongs suffered. It doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, rather in the truth. Love bears all things. It believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. And there's so much more about the love of God in Scripture. We can be thankful for that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we see Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, Christ being raised from the dead. You see, in Adam we all die, but in Christ we're made alive. We can be thankful for that. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we won't go there, but know that that is a chapter that's profound in that we're told that God is the God of all comfort. And the comfort He gives to us, we can then share with others. And we can be thankful for that when things aren't going well. God hasn't changed. Second Corinthians chapter 4, and verse 16. So Second Corinthians 1, the God of all comfort. Second Corinthians chapter 4, Paul's talking about himself, even though the outer man is decaying, the inner man is being renewed. Day by day. There's something that happens to us as we go along as believers in Christ. Our outer person is heading away, but our inner person, the Spirit, is being renewed day by day as we move towards eternity with Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Guess what? When you trust Christ, what happens? New creature. All things are passed away. Everything becomes new. I'm thankful for that. 
Second Corinthians chapter 11. Let's look at that real quick. I was reading these two books this past week and thinking about Thanksgiving. And so just as I read through, I was like, wow, there's so much just in these two letters that Paul wrote to this one church all those years ago. And it just jumps off the page. We have so much to be thankful for, and we see it as he's writing to the Corinthian believers. 11.24, 2 Corinthians. Look at what Paul endured. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I spent in the deep. It didn't go well for him sometimes. I've been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. Apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. Paul had a packed existence while he was here, after he was saved. After he was saved. I'm thankful for Paul and what he went through for the sake of Christ. Watching God sustain him and seeing his heart for the lost, his heart for the believers, his heart for the church of God. He's not God, but God sustained him through some significant events. And he stuck it out. And he went on doing what God had him doing. And he trusted in Jesus, not only for salvation, but for the strength to go through these things and to continue to proclaim Christ. And that's awesome. First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 13, God is the God of love and peace. And verse 11, finally, brethren, rejoice, be made complete, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. We have much to be thankful for, and it's throughout the pages of Scripture. I considered starting back in Genesis, and I thought, well, we'll be here all day. I think, though, in Nehemiah, I was listening this morning, they, they went on for a quarter of a day, so we can do that sometime, right? I encourage you to read, if you have access to the internet, just look up the benedictions that we find in Scripture. They're powerful. The end of Romans, here at the end of Second Corinthians, there's other places. And there's a website that just has a list of them. You can scroll through and read them. But I want to share this from Second Corinthians 13, and then we'll have some singing. We'll finish up with the last three songs today. Please, we have a special service today to consider being thankful to God. We all know that that doesn't happen just once a year. He's intimately involved in our lives, and we can express our gratitude and thanks to God. And it helps. It's a good thing. He tells us to do it, to be thankful. It demonstrates dependence on God when we're thankful for whatever is going on, good or uncomfortable. And it also helps us to keep our, our mind and our flesh, our mind straight and focused on God and our flesh at bay, yielded to the Spirit rather than the flesh. So thankfulness is just a, 
a tremendous thing. It's a demonstration of a humble heart as well, being thankful. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The grace, the love, and the fellowship of the Spirit. The grace of Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Spirit. Father, we're thankful today for all these things that we've talked about, that we've seen in your word. It's amazing that you, while we were sinners, that you loved us so much to give up your Son for us. It's part of your plan from all eternity. Before the world was even created, this was your plan. And then you let us enjoy life with you and with each other, praising you and worshiping you and giving you glory, seeing you in creation every day with the sunrise, the sunset, the clouds that bring moisture, uh, the temperature change that does so much in the winter and in the summer, the variety in our world. Uh, it's just amazing, Lord. And you are a big God. It is hard for us to fathom sometimes the greatness of our God, and yet it is there in Scripture for us. We're thankful that you've kept your word for us. We can know you, that you chose to reveal yourself to your creation, to your people. Lord, please accept our praise and our worship this morning as a sweet-smelling aroma. Thank you for loving us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.